0: I've got a quick question for you before we get started today. Were there any outstanding presentations at the last Master Brewers district meeting you attended? I bet there were. Well, we'd like to share those stories with listeners, but we need your help. Unless they attended that same district meeting, Master Brewers members, including me, will never know about these outstanding presentations unless they get uploaded to the Master Brewers District Presentations archive. So next time you sit in on a really great presentation, ask your district officers if you can help them get the presentations uploaded. It's super easy. There's even a short how-to video link at the top of the archive. And if there's a presentation that you think we should highlight here on the show, shoot me a quick message. You can find me at community.mbaa.com. This Is the Master Brewers Podcast brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Let's go! go, 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 go. go. (sighs) Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations.
1: Down, moving best, and then this Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by Get to Know Proximity Malt.
2: I think uh, we as brewers just hammering home, like, I think we are very well positioned to understand uh, the cannabis plant probably better than just about any other, um, you know, any other industry on the planet right now.
0: This week on the show, Ross from New Belgium sits down with us in Calgary to talk about his poster and quest to better understand hemp flavor in beer.
2: Hi, my name is Ross Koenigs. I am a research and development brewer with New Belgium Brewing Company. All right, Ross, you wanted to explore hemp flavor
0: development in beer. How did you go about doing that?
2: Uh, so you know, we've re- really been kind of working in this space for a couple of years now. Uh, we developed a beer called the Hemperer, uh, which was actually well, it was uh, the first nationally distributed uh, hemp infused IPA, which was pretty cool. But uh, so a lot of this is really just kind of bearing out from that work, and uh, you know, really as the 2018 Farm Bill uh, came into existence, legalizing uh, industrialized hemp for the first time since the uh, we viewed it kind of as an opportunity to kind of continue to dive further into the research and just really try and understand uh, hemp as a potential brewing ingredient in uh, you know, we really feel like uh, we as brewers are really well-suited and really well-positioned through our just generalized understanding of uh, hemp's botanical cousin hops. And, uh, you know, we have all the tools and capabilities to really look at it from an analytical chemistry perspective.
0: Cool. Okay, so you um, you worked with
2: a, a few different um, raw materials for hemp. Talk about that. Yes, so uh, they are all crop 2019 uh, hemp varieties. Most of them were grown, or all of them were grown for uh, generally high CBD content. Uh, So really what that means is more than likely they're backbred at some point in their genetic history from a more high THC producing variety and then were bred to uh, remove out the THC and then uh, qualify as industrial hemp. So uh, what we're looking to do is just really kind of start to understand what are the different crops that are out there. So it's all harvested top buds. Uh, Generally they're trimmed down mostly to get rid of some of the fan and water leaves that potentially would give you some kind of atypical aroma results out of it. And then uh, pretty much put them in beer using kind of traditional hop addition points. So really looking at the aromatic potential of hemp added in a traditional Whirlpool Steep Uh, a mid-fermentation dry hop at about 6 degrees Play-Doh, and then a traditional dry hop where you would crash your beer and then uh, remove off your yeast crop that you're really getting a relatively high ethanol-rich environment uh, with, you know, relatively just full uh, flavor carryover of at least the potential in a beer-like environment to uh, get all the hemp in there. Okay, so you did... um, did
0: uh, three different raw materials, you did these different addition points, which you just mentioned, right? And then uh, was each trial just a single addition or did some samples receive all three additions or how did that work?
2: Oh, so all of them went, uh, so we took all three samples through all three addition points and then just really kind of tracked them throughout there. We also uh, provide an analytical baseline just for uh, what they were doing kind of like a um, 5% ethanol and water-based solution, just kind of understand, like, where the baseline of what you just kind of extract out, uh, and then really tried to map them through uh, through our understanding, through a lot of the, you know, great research that's been going on over the last 20 years, just to look at how do these uh, terpenes, terpenoids, uh, you know, different uh, aroma compounds then develop in beer and uh, are there ways that you could potentially either augment a traditional hopping regime or something like that or uh, you know just really trying to figure out how do we you know how do we get new and interesting flavor into our beer and, and this was all just raw hemp, right? There was no no extraction or other processing yeah, at all, right? Just raw hemp. So yeah. think about it like as you would basically a raw hop cone. Okay. And you had a deliberate strategy behind that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, we did that deliberately, uh, mostly just kind of looking at uh, as... You know, we're we're really kinda in the infancy of like understanding what this potentially could be as a brewing ingredient, but we didn't want to say potentially hammer mill it, do some of the other, you know, typical things that you would normally see out of um, you know, out of traditional hop processing, like turning into a pellet or something to that effect. Uh really just not knowing, uh, say would that process then volatilize a bunch of aromatics that we're looking for, uh potentially, you know, make them be subject to oxidative degradation, things like that. So we really wanted to start from there and then uh, at least get a baseline and then uh, in further research and studies, we can then kind of drill down to see what is the most optimal uh, processing method to really get that into solution. All
0: right, talk about what exactly you measured and how you measured it.
2: Yeah, yes. So uh, pretty much everything was done by GCL faction or, uh, you know, we also had uh, some speamy columns as well uh, in a couple of our uh, GCMS detections. Uh, we have a couple different uh, aroma methods that we just generally use at New Belgium. Uh, you know, one is kind of a fairly classic, um, you know, terpene-terpenoid method that, you know, measures things like myrcene, linalool, geranil acetate, humulene, alpha-pinene, stuff like that. Uh, we have a little bit more of a sophisticated method. Uh, my chemist could speak to this so much better than I could, but, uh, you know, I am a brewer after all. Uh, but anyway, uh, you yeah, we study things, uh, you know, really that are kind of looking for markers of kind of traditional um, terpo- terpenoid uh, biotransformation, things like uh, alpha-terpenol, uh, beta-citronellol, um, you know, geraniol, linalool, that sort of good stuff. And then uh, we also do have some more advanced methods, mostly kind of looking at, um, you know, kind of atypical derived uh, terpenes, uh, some hopester methods, stuff like that. Uh, in the poster that I presented here, uh, really didn't get much into that, mostly just kind of ran out of space on the poster. Yeah. So <laughs> filled you filled it can up only, pretty good. Yeah, you can only yeah. talk about so much, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, Uh, You know, the big idea was then, uh, you know, as we're we're really looking into how do we understand what, you know, hop, flavor, in beer is, you know, that's a very dynamic conversation. So, you know, trying to bring, like, not only identifying some really key analytical markers that are in hemp to, you know, just help give us a better lexicon and language to describe what this ingredient could be, but then also uh, using brewing techniques then to potentially um, selectively uh, bring out certain... Certain flavors in aromas uh, versus others so uh, there's some really some really interesting stuff in there you also wanted to establish baseline concentrations between the three different hemp varieties talk about that yeah yes yeah. so uh, you know it, it so we all know uh, if it's a you know if it's a hop variety or hemp variety, anything like that. They all have kind of unique aromatic fingerprints. So, you know, really just trying to start to, you know, uh, get people thinking around, like, you know, in in, in terms and language that they're already fairly familiar with in hops, that uh, seeing, like, you know, there are a couple of these hemp varieties, you know, we're seeing just, like, crazy, crazy high concentrations, say, of linalool or... Um, of uh, alpha and beta pinene, something that you generally don't see, you see in pretty low concentrations in hops, but you don't necessarily see it in like tremendously high levels. So uh, something just to kind of get people thinking like, oh, I can use natural products then potentially to achieve very like hyper-specific outcomes uh, from a flavor perspective. some of these uh, terpenes and terpenoids are uh, showing some degree of having uh, glycosidically bound precursors as well. I'm John Bryce
0: and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. (laughs)
1: Additional support provided by Samba Hops is first in the new exclusive BSG Hop Solutions portfolio. Named for the overwhelming tropical dance explosion of its aroma, Samba's profile is dominated by juicy tropical fruit like pineapple and mango plus tangerine and stone fruit. Samba is ideal for late and dry hopping juicy hazy IPAs or beers that need a big tropical fruit profile. Learn more about BSG Hop Solutions online and look for more BSG Hop Solutions releases coming soon.
0: Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. The Ontario Technical Conference is January 29th to the 31st in Kingston. A couple of Master Brewers webinars to put on your radar. Host Systems Proper Use and Safety, January 31st, and Brewing McFyke, February 7th. District Rocky Mountain meets February 6th at New Belgium and Fort Collins. District Philly meets February 7th in King of Prussia. District St. Paul, Minneapolis meets at Surly Brewing February 20th. District St. Louis meets February 20th. District Carolinas meets at Riverrat Brewery in Columbia, South Carolina, February 22nd. District Northern California holds its technical conference February 27th and 28th in Sonoma County. One of our newest districts, District Great Plains, meets February 28th and 29th in Kansas City. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now, back to the show. Okay, so you've got your uh, baseline terpene and terpenoid concentrations for each of the three hemp varieties. Now it's time to see what happens to those levels as hemp gets added to beer at
2: the various addition points. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, really, I think the... there isn't some, like, big splashy surprise out of this. You know, it, terpenes behave generally how terpenes behave. So, you know, I mean, it, especially you look at uh, terpenes such as, like, uh, mercene, alpha and beta pinene, uh, you know, really have pretty poor um, water solubility, so, uh, you know, especially in, like, a wort-based application, uh, you know, generally you're not driving quite as much into solution, plus you have quite a bit of uh, just overall, like, volatility and aromatic scrubbing, so that really kind of checks out. Uh, Was definitely cool to see that, uh, you know, we definitely were showing quite a bit of, um, you know, biotransformation pathways, so, you know, linalool getting turned into uh, beta citronel, or... It's uh, technically, I summarized it in Beta Citronell all, but uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, actually seeing that, that, you know, the, that does kinda carry through, uh, I think, you know, we can probably say somewhat guardedly that, um, you know, there's probably some indication that, you know, some of these uh, terpenes and terpenoids are uh, showing some degree of having uh, glycosidically bound precursors as well. So, uh, you know, definitely seeing, like, as we're going through fermentation, especially in a whirlpool or mid-fermentation dry hop, uh, dry hemp uh, capacity, you are actually seeing some replenishment reactions going on, more than likely being liberated from the bound glycosides. Uh, But, you know, yeah, just, uh, you know, there's some really interesting things. I think, you know, as you're going in, like, just really thinking about, uh, you know, kind of going from where... Uh, what we observed in the hemp tea versus what we see in kind of all these um, you know all these different formats, I think you're really trying starting to see that um, you know if you really want to get that like bright just like cannabis rich aroma, probably one of the best applications that you can do is actually uh, remove the yeast crop, crash it, and actually just really try and drive a lot of that you know get more of that kind of raw, uh, sort of quality into the beer, and I think it really you know, did a really nice job. Uh, one thing that we didn't include on the poster was uh, some sensory data as well, but uh, this is going to be an evolving piece of research, so uh, we're going to be presenting quite a bit over the next you know year or two. So you know, I think as we're you know, this was just kind of a bit of a shot across the bow uh, to start out, and then, you know, really, I think we're going to be taking up the mantle and really trying to understand this ingredient and hopefully, you know, provide a lot of really great research to, you know, really kind of qualify it for the brewing community that they feel like they can use this and be armed with good information to understand how it's going to behave in their beer and then uh, how they can can get their hands on it and how they can do it in a legally compliant uh, way, so... The monoterpenes were
0: mostly lost until dry hemping. Yeah. Talk about that.
2: Uh, so, I mean, really, the it kind of goes back to uh, you know, just if you if you observe any. Um, you know, if you observe a lot of mid-fermentation dry hops or, uh, you know, just whirlpool hop additions, things like that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things. Uh, Dr. Sharp actually talked quite a bit about that in his talk this morning as well. But, you know, you're you're getting some masking reactions. You're getting some volatilization and scrubbing from CO2 that's evolving in solution. Um, you know, certainly when you're in a high-water environment or, you know, it, it's not tremendously soluble uh, it's relatively hydrophobic so um, you know I think as you're at least on a relativized basis be between kind of looking at where you're trying to drive these uh, specific compounds into solution um, you know looking at something that you know potentially has a bit more uh, ethanol rich sort of environment uh, less scrubbing uh, less ways that could you know bind into your foam or proteins things like that that um, you know that's going to be really kind of an optimal way to kind of drive that into solution. Okay. Um, did you want to talk any more about your... anything uh, mention
0: anything additional for, about your, in regards to your observations for linalool and alpha-terpenol, or did, do you think we... Yeah, that?
2: yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's... Uh, it. You know, we were, were tremendously intrigued on a couple of these varieties that I think, um, you know, really they... I think it's really exciting that, you know, I mean, relative to certain hop varieties, I think you see fairly elevated rates of especially little. Uh So I think that's really exciting that, you know, brewers generally kind of prize that arpenoid in general, uh, something that they really want in their beers. So uh, potentially being able to use that in a way that uh, you know really kind of helps, you know, just really express that like fruit loopy, floral, fruity sort of characteristic out of there. That um, I think it's intriguing and certainly uh, worth further mention. Um, yeah, I think the other thing that uh, really just kind of drive home about it is, you know, I mean. Hemp, cannabis writ large is very aromatic, uh, but much like hops as well. But, uh, you know, I think they're looking at it from a perspective of like how we understand hop chemistry. I think really understanding from this, we see a lot of things that look very familiar to us from a... You know, from a hobby brewer's perspective, but then also we're missing a lot of, you know, when we see, you know, uh, certificates of analysis from our hemp vendors, just kind of what's actually in the plant. There's a lot of things that, frankly, we just don't really have any experience to, things like... I wrote down a list just so I wouldn't forget you know things like beta farsenine uh, um, you know certainly a lot of the uh, thials um, you know things like uh, two methane one thiol thing kind of like skunky aroma stuff like that but you know there's a lot of very um, it's a very interesting chemistry there that uh, really we just don't have a ton of insight in, just, you know, that we've been, you know, as uh, as hobby brewers, you kind of focus on, you know, the key analytes that are always in hops, and as you're starting to branch out from that, the the, chemis- the chemistry starts to get a bit more complex. So we've had, you know, the hop
0: quality group has looked at all kinds of different, um, you know, effects on, you know, kilning temperatures and things like that. I know you're just getting started here, but have you put much thought into sort of the way that, The raw material is handled and how that might influence. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Uh, You know, I mean, if you look at it just on kind of like a raw basis, uh, you know, whether you have a hop or a hemp uh, flower, like you know, really the second you start. You know, the second you start drying, uh, obviously you're driving quite a bit out of solution. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's certainly looking at uh, time and drying regimes. Generally, industrial hemp right now, uh, generally it's like kind of a hang dry or, you know, kind of just like forced air blowing. People generally aren't using heat. Um, you know, some, uh, some of the hop growers up in the pack Northwest are, you know, either... You know, making slight modifications or just running their hop kilns. Uh, so that's certainly interesting. Uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely start looking at that in the future to see like what different kilning regimes do. But uh, you, know, re- you know, I think uh, one of the other things that we're quite interested in is actually something that comes from you know it's a little bit of use in hop, but uh, comes from you know places like Greenacre Farms that actually do a uh, fresh hop. Or like a fresh steam distilled hop oil that right. um, you know, kind of borrowed from the mint industry. That we feel like that could actually be a really interesting application in terms of hemp. That uh, you know, just kind of run it straight off. Uh, if you sit in a hemp field, you know everything's grown it smells beautiful and lovely and nice so actually uh potentially using that technique to you know really get a good concentration and really um you know just preserve all those nice aromatics is probably a a, a good method uh, to explore in the future did you see any hemp creep in your trials uh, a little <laughs> bit yeah yeah we've been uh, we've been thinking about hemp creep uh you know is so uh Kind of a random plug. Uh, I'm working on a book for the Brewers Association on cannabis and beer. So, uh, hempcrete is certainly a topic of conversation I want to bring up in the book quite a bit. That uh, especially something that uh, it has uh, high, you know, low thermal conductive value, high insulative properties, and can act as a carbon sink is probably something that's tremendously of interest to an industry that needs to keep things cold a lot. So, um, you know, I think uh, it, it's certainly. certainly. Certainly a really interesting uh, topic of exploration and definitely going to be talking about that a lot more in the future. Cool. All right. We'll get
0: back to work, and we look forward to seeing what you present at the World Brewing Congress this uh, this summer. I'm sure there's going to be
2: some more work coming from that. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate you you having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was Ross Koenigs live from the 2019 Master Brewers Conference in Calgary. All Master Brewers members can now get their very own free copy of this poster, along with all the other outstanding posters and presentations from Calgary. Download your copy of the conference proceedings at mbaa.com or check the show notes for a link. Master Brewers members don't just get free access to the annual conference proceedings, we also get access to the hundreds of presentations that take place at all of the individual district meetings but there's only one way to be sure that invaluable searchable archive reaches its full potential. I know you want to see that happen as much as I do, so let's talk about how you can help. Ask your district officers if you can help them get the presentations uploaded. It's super easy. There's even a short how-to video link at the top of the archive. And if there's a presentation that you think we should highlight here on the show, shoot me a quick message. All the links you need are in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers Podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Malt, and BSG. So please let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers Podcast and that you appreciate their support.